Toronto FC, we're back in action this week, and well, they mostly left us with a lot more questions than answers. And uh, after another another loss, this time to Orlando City SC, we'll try to sort through some of those questions. Probably ask more of our own on today's episode of Wake the Red Weekly, presented by Footy Talks. My name is Mitchell Tierney, and in about fifteen minutes or so, we'll be joined by Michael Leach of Six Eighty News to get his take on the latest happenings around the club. But before then, a rare episode without Michael saying. Instead, it's just me and Jeffrey P. Nesker and his beer. Is that? That's not. Oh, my God. That is not oh. a beer. This is this is in honor of a certain game that's going to be played Ooh, at I 2 o'clock this afternoon. So I may start inventing my own language because there's about an army's worth of sugar in this glass <laughs> of iron brew. But uh, you buried the lead again. You got you got the Superman curl going. Someone got himself a haircut the last time <laughs> since the last time I saw him. It's looking nice. Uh, it's making me very jealous of of, of my, my COVID salad, but anyway. Well, thank you, sir. I, I, mm-hmm. If you needed anything, it wasn't more sugar, so this episode <laughs> might, be a, might be an interesting one again, <laughs> but um, let's uh, get them into you, the comments mm-hmm. are saying, both the Iron Brew. Um, yeah, 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 yeah let's, absolutely. Let's start with, uh, with TFC and, of course, their loss to Orlando and an absolutely wild game. I mean, start out in shambles, and I think we were all worried that you know things were really going to go off the rails. Um, after that, they were able to claw back, and I actually thought through the middle part of that game, especially, I thought there was actually some some good signs of of maybe some progress from the team. But you know, at this point of the season, ultimately another loss, which which is concerning certainly. Um, what were your thoughts now that you've had a couple of days to, to kind of process what went on in that game? <laughs> <You know, laughs> I've had a couple of days to forget all about it, so now I have to remember. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. Uh, you know, it's funny. We went back to like a hybrid Vanny system, and we conceded a goal in the first minute, which is very, mm-hmm. very, very last uh, phases of, of the Vanny epoch in, in TFC. Um, you know, it felt like uh, like two steps forward, 18 steps back. Uh, you know, to be honest, uh, that cue, that cue was a, was a heartbreaker. I mean, we've yeah. been, we've been, uh, we've been singing his praises and you know something, remember when Seba, uh, wrote that article about how he knew they were going to lose the, the 2016 MLS cup. Like he just had a feeling hindsight is always 2020, but you know, he just, he just had a feeling. And I think, I think I'm going to paraphrase him, but I think he said, he walked into that locker room and he looked at it all the other faces and it just reinforced his belief that this wasn't going to be their year. Well, I saw Q in the lead up to the game. Like they were tight on his face. I've never seen him look less confident ever. Hmm. And uh, I had a feeling that, that something bad was in the works. Um, was, was that just rust? I mean, or is there something more insidious at play? I think, I think so. I mean, we'd have to see him for more than a game to know whether exactly. it's or not, I'm, right? Yeah, like exactly. The, we can't really determine more than one game. I think it's it's the same thing we've been saying a lot of the season in terms of putting players into positions to succeed. And, you know, obviously, he's he's playing his proper position. We didn't yeah, have yeah, I mean, to he, <laughs> he only has one job. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's not it's not in that sense. But, you know, obviously, he came into this year expecting to at least compete for the starter's role. And then when he mm-hmm. doesn't, get that opportunity and he hasn't played yet and it doesn't seem to make sense why he hasn't played yet then you know that's like you said speaks to the confidence aspect and again when you allow a goal that quickly into the game and you know you're you're definitely partially at fault for it then 
things snowball as they did. And I think that's the one thing you can say about this match that, again, it's not a positive for Toronto FC because internal mistakes are obviously a major issue. But yeah, at the very least, you know, they can. This is one of those games where they can say they beat themselves a little bit because every single Orlando goal was off of a pretty brutal Toronto FC mistake, whether that was Westberg or Auro had a bit of a howler as well, yeah, returning yeah, yeah. to his uh, natural position at, uh, at fullback. So I, I think at least in that aspect, you know, the, the overall performance was definitely a little bit better, but there, there, there's still a lot of concerning things that, you know, again, I'm glad you loss. went there because that seems to be the narrative and, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. that these were individual mistakes as opposed to systemic failures, right? That seems to be... That seems to be what's going around. And I'm wondering if that's not, you know, if there's more gray to it, if that, if it's not as binary as that, right? Like, obviously, to the eye test, it looked like individual mistakes. My, mm-hmm. my, I wonder where's that margin, right? Like, where's the margin between individual mistakes and the good old systemic failures, right? Like, if it, you know, it's going to look like an individual mistake if they don't know what they're doing because of systemic failures. So I'm just, sure. I'm wondering where, where that magic line is, because it seems to be like, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm talking cyclically, but, but that's been the excuse. Uh, and if you, if you hit our forums, you'll see this argument sort of taking place in various guises, right? Like mm-hmm. people are saying nothing's changed. And then other people are saying, whoa, 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 whoa. There's been incremental improvements this was this was a big step forward mm-hmm. I, i'm not sure what anymore i mean they still lost right like <laughs> yeah the they, the day, again you still lose I mean, you know yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I think you make a good point there and the, the one interesting thing of course is like you said this was very this was as close to a banny system as we've seen all year in terms yeah. of the the personnel involved where they were playing i mean i can't think of a player who's playing particularly out of position during that game, which is something we've been harping on for ever from the start of the season. So that that's where you start to get, I mean, again, it's, it's good and bad. It's good that it seems like Armas is learning a little bit and, and putting guys in again, better positions, but mm-hmm. it's concerning that they still aren't picking up results when this team is looking closer to, to what, you know, I mean, not to call, should look like. not to call Yvonne out, but here's, here's a comment he just threw in, right? Is this recency mm-hmm. bias? Like the best game we've played this year. I don't want to bring up Leon again, like everybody yeah. in the universe, but I think that that beats Leon beats that game. Uh, mm-hmm. What was the game where we were second half? We were we were getting destroyed, and then we came back in the second half and just made everybody's. I think it was Columbus. It yeah, might have been. But... Well, we've only won once, so whichever one it was <laughs> was the game was the game that I like. Um, <laughs> So, you know, I can't help but not see that as recency bias, right? Mm-hmm. Like, of, it can't be the best game we played because, you know, here's my theory. And I, uh, you mm-hmm. sort of went there. Because it was so Vanny, because they came back in, in such a Vanny style, those individual mistakes were systemic failures. Whoa, did I just blow everybody's mind? Because <laughs> too often people didn't know what the hell they were doing, right? They were like, mm-hmm. you could see the gears turning. Like, do I press now or do I hold on to the ball and possess now, right? Because they are, as much as I don't like talking in, in binary absolutes, they are kind of mutually exclusive. Like one system is hot potato. The other one is is pass them into oblivion. So mm-hmm. I could... I don't know. I mean, did you see that disconnect? Because I sure did. On on the 
uh, I think it was on the on the Oro giveaway that led to the last goal, right? Like there was there was not a lot of tracking back, but there was but but I mean it was it wasn't ball watching. It just felt like indecision, and then a, a team you know capitalized on on a on a counterattack. Yeah, I mean, uh, th- there's the other factor, which of course they're coming out of the international break as well, and I think we can definitely sure. say that that factored into both teams because yeah, exactly, this, this... it factored into both teams. I'm so sick of but this and but that and but this. I know, I know. I mean, they're all I, valid I'm not, excuses, I'm not, but I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not saying that completely. I I just wanted to bring up that that was yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah at yeah, least fair is fair. At least like from a eye test standpoint, that was maybe one of the worst games of the year in terms of just the quality that was on display because yeah, both teams yeah, yeah. are just. Just look terrible throughout that game. Well, compared so. to the soccer we've been watching, you know, right? Yeah, between the Euros, they're not going to look. Yeah, they're not going to look very good. They can't do, you know, Kevin De Bruyne things. So, uh, uh, but uh, hold on, Ivan. I see. I see your. I see your comment there. We'll address it in in due time. I mean, before I forget, you raised an interesting point in the chat. You you raised, hey, why are there no fans there? And we were all quick to correct you. Uh, TFC requested there be no fans there because mm-hmm. the last time we tried that, there were a bunch of Orlando fans and passerby, and they were aggressively anti-TFC. And mm-hmm. you said, doesn't matter. A hostile crowd's better than no crowd at all. What has your opinion changed, or do you do you still? No, really. I, I... I mean, I've watched too many games behind closed doors this year, and it's just not the same, right? I think right. I think anytime you can allow fans into buildings right now, you should. And again, it would have been a hostile atmosphere, but and I know Toronto FC need results, but like from the long term perspective, you know, these are these are good games to get under your belt where you're playing. In, yeah, in you know, atmospheres like that. Like again, this is the same mentality thing we've been talking about for for yeah. a bunch of different stuff, where it's like. At, at some point, you need to be able to win these games. So why why create all of these scenarios for yourself? Where again, you're hiding injuries, you're doing all of these different things. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it's like homeschooling your kid, right? Or going mm-hmm. to private school. Eventually, they got to find out that there's a big bad world out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it does feel like that. But you know, I, I'm of the mind. Listen, is it an advantage to have? Like, if you know. If this if they if they have fans in there and the game goes exactly the same as it went, right? Q's confidence is destroyed, right? It's yeah. not like it's it's probably not great right now, but you know, to have people jump down his throat and, and heckle him, you know, is his first start of the season, gives up that goal uh in you know record time, and mm-hmm. then they've got the you know, the 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 fans basically telling him that he's crap. I, I don't know. You know, I, I think I think him and the and the Haitian goalkeeper on the on the second Canada game are are going to a support group together <laughs> to figure out their feelings. With so, uh, Loris Karras, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Well, he's he's leading the group, <laughs> right? You're right. <laughs> uh, 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 Gaffs anonymous, uh, yeah. but uh, but yeah. So I agree with you. I mean, enough's enough. You know, uh, it, it's almost like you've been given the opportunity to say no fans. So you take it without thinking and then you don't actually think about how it could be good in some respects because, Mm -hmm. you know, listen, I'm having a tough time. People are going out all the time and I'm still in like, I can go out now mode. Right. Like, so you know, TFC is going to reach that brick wall where we're suddenly back at normal and this could be doing a disservice to themselves, like consistently like slowing that process to getting back to fans, whether they're aggressively anti-TFC or for TFC. You know, if we've learned anything by this reopening plan, it's going to hit quick. It's not going to be stifled. 
and and I don't think I think TFC has got to start thinking in in those terms as opposed to this idea of competitive advantages and no fans in the stands and stuff like that. You know, I, I mm-hmm. think that that's uh, I think that the bell the bell is tolling for 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 that mentality. I uh, well, the one thing I wanted to say, and this is kind of unrelated, mm-hmm. but I give Q's mental fortitude a little more credit. Like this is a veteran; we've seen him make some pretty awful errors in the past and, and bounce back in. Mm-hmm in due time. So uh, again, it remains to be seen and we'll see if he gets into one of the two games this week, but uh, I, I don't think it's, you know, curtains for him. Certainly. I think, I think we could see him bounce back and, and be fine uh, in, in the following games. Yeah. That's one of my questions for, for Mike when he arrives actually. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Next up, Pozuelo. I mean, what can we say? What can we say about this? Guy? <laughs> you know? I mean, you said this, and I think this is this is almost fair. Was he almost put in a perfect performance? And again, they still couldn't get the win. Like he was fantastic. There were so fantastic. many chances. The the Dwyer chance at the end, obviously both goals. Like they are a different team with him in the lineup, and and it was really exciting to see you know what he can do again. And and offensively, again, that's that's one of the best games they've had all year. Even if the defense undermined that and and those individual mistakes, but. That's our TFC. Exactly. (laughs) You can can start to see, like, everyone looks better with him in the lineup. Like, Io, Richie gets more service. Better and worse because they're missing those sitters, right? Like, when does that start to connect? I mean, that Mm -hmm. Dwyer goal was on a plate, right? Yeah. And so, you know, we can complain about maybe he should have come on when they brought on Mullins instead, give him more of a run out. Uh, I think it was uh, one of our favorite uh, commenta- commenters on the board said, you know, we can be sure that, that respiratory-wise he's probably fit, but his knee's probably a mess. Maybe maybe 15 minutes is all he's good for at this point. We don't know. We can speculate. Certainly a lot of us were like, hmm, you brought – I mean, I wasn't I, – I'm never mad when they bring on Mullins, but but <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah. – uh, you know, certainly we can speculate, uh, you know, this is a guy who wants to score against his former team and he's on the bench, and you need an attacking spark, he should be number one on your substitutions uh, 10 times out of 10. I don't know. I don't know. We don't know the whole story. I mean, a TFC player being too injured to play longer than 15 minutes is sort of par for the course, so so maybe we'll, we'll err on, on that side. But, like, mm-hmm. yeah, pause makes the team go. Yeah. How many more games are we going to accept pause playing out of his mind and the rest of our, the rest of our team not being able to to finish chances do you know considering their payroll i don't think they can like i think there's there's other guys who obviously have to to step up as well and and yeah there's really this was their last major excuse i think they could use is that we didn't have last year's mvp i'm glad you said that because i think in in a knee-jerk flush i tweeted out i'm ready to put this let's wait until pause Shows up in his fully healthy debate to bet. It might have been gun jumping, but I'm, I'm I think that was a little gun jumping. Well, just his because, first start, but. yeah, but I mean, when again, when like you know, eventually, eventually, the season's mm-hmm. over and we're still playing wait and see, right? There has to be a line in the sand. There has to be a cutoff demarcation point. Um, Ivan again bringing out the sauce. That was a game for Josie to be in. We actually had service for our strikers. Coulda, <laughs> shoulda, woulda. <laughs> yeah, that is uh that is an interesting and great point. Is is Michael here actually? He seems to think he's here, but uh no, I don't see him. Is that was okay. that him? Yeah, just just sent him the uh the link you do. Um okay. Ivan's uh got some critics, some stuff in here. 
I mean, the general consensus is is that this isn't this was never an individual error thing. This is a tactical situation, at least on our on our comments right now. I think the truth is somewhere in between. I really do. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you were you were making uh, I think you were making allowances for that by saying you know they're 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 all rusty. They're coming back from the international break. You can't expect them to to play at their full potential with so much. Oh, that was, that, that was less a comment uh, on Toronto FC specifically. That was more a comment on the general game. Right, how, right, right. I didn't watch any other MLS, MLS's back games. So I'm not, I mean, I, I saw that, that, mm-hmm. that last minute uh, Golazo that, that pinged off the bar like 14 times for the, for the Philly team. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Glesnus yeah. again. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I haven't watched a lot of MLS. I wonder why. I mean, it's, there's just so much soccer on. And it's so much better. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, is one, he? Is he? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I don't see him yet. But one more. Uh, mm-hmm. One more interesting thing that uh, that I thought came out of this week was was Michael Bradley's comments, sort of on on I guess what we've been talking about: people blaming the system too much and, and blaming Chris Armas and, and talking about how things like this take time. Um, which obviously, you know, as we've mentioned, like how how long do you go before it's been time, sort of, which is a question we'll continue to ask, I think, every week. Mm-hmm. The one thing I did want to bring up that I thought was kind of interesting was, and again, this this does speak to the fact that it does take time for systems and stuff to get into place, and that's that Greg Vanny's 2015 team, through eight games, had the same amount of losses as this Toronto FC team. They had two more wins, so they were slightly better positioned. But it is worth mentioning that they, they struggled the a lot code. as well. Yeah, they, they also had Sebastian Giovinco. Yeah, Sebastian um, Giovinco's at 2015 Sebastian Giovinco. It's yeah. very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and man, 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 do I wish that 2015 Seba was uh, 2018 Seba because that would have been fun. Uh, but, yeah, no, no. I mean, you know. Recency bias is is real and it's a thing. Michael is here, so we can go. Okay, on. perfect. Yeah, put your phone down. Nice. Are you buying an Arsenal jersey? <laughs> I, I finally figured out the technology. Nice. <laughs> there we go. There nice we go. glamour shot background. This is very yeah. very different than the last time we saw you. Where you well, were, yeah, uh, I think the last time I was out on my deck. This is my. Yeah. Th- this is actually my wife's. Uh, she she teaches uh, Zumba fitness and yoga. So, thanks to the pandemic, um, she's mm. been doing all of it at home. So, nice. I am currently sitting in her gym space. Nice, nice. Wow. I'm sure I'm currently sitting at my wife's office. So I, I know what she she frames out the TFC guy in the back room when she talks <laughs> actual actual business stuff. Um, let's get let's get right to it, Mike. Uh, let's let's talk some TFC. Uh, um, uh, Mitch, you got you got first dibs. Sure. Um... I guess we'll start with the Orlando game. You know, that was as healthy as we've seen Toronto FC. They acknowledged as much. They had Pozuelo back in the lineup. Still didn't pick up a result. How concerned should everyone be, um, you know, again, that they couldn't get any points from that? Well, very, because, uh, you know, we're, we're, now, we're now basically a quarter of the way through the season, and at some point you become what your record indicates that you are. And right now this is a one-win team. Uh, clearly not good enough. Five points. They're on track for about 20, which won't get them anywhere near the playoffs. So, uh, you know, at some point, and I know they played very well, and, and actually uh, it was on the, the Omar Gonzalez uh, Zoom session from the team just before coming on here. 
Um, and and he said it, you know, it was some of the best football that they've played this season. And and I don't disagree. I thought they they looked very good in portions of that game. Even early, when they got down 2-0, um, I thought they were controlling parts of that game, had a, had a lot of chances. Fortunately for them, they were able to get the two goals to get back before halftime. But then they can't see out at least the, the draw. And even even a draw at this point for this team, I don't know, is, is really good enough. They need to start winning games. But then to give away the late winner, um, there are problems here. And I know they played well, but the time for moral victories is, is up for this team. They have to win games or or they're going to be in deep trouble. They, they won't make the playoffs if this continues. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, it's interesting that that Omar did the did the presser and, and spoke for the team today. Um, that's a face we haven't seen since what twenty nineteen. I can't remember the last time he did a presser. Uh, I'm really curious about that. What was his demeanor like? Did he did he feel like did it feel like he was reading off cue cards or or? or was he, or did you, did you also, could you tap, could you, could you figure out his ulterior motive there? I guess. No, listen, Omar is not the most, uh, how do I put it? He doesn't have a ton of energy in, in okay. these sort of sessions. It's not. Yeah, he's pretty it's zen. Maybe, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's a very sort of placid guy. So I, I don't think you get, you don't get a whole lot from him. Uh, which may be why he doesn't do these sessions all that often. Okay. You know, basically, he did say felt the team played well, some of their best football. Uh, there was some talk about the accommodations that they have down in Orlando in comparison to what they had last year in uh, in Hartford or East Hartford. Uh, he says it's much better, but I mean, it's no excuse. They're they're all looking yeah, forward yeah, yeah. to getting back to BMO Field, and it looks like there's some movement in the right direction. With the federal government, uh, with regards to the border coming up uh, July July sixth, um, the, the, they start to loosen some of the restrictions. So there was some of that, some of the general talk about the team, talk about Nashville, what they expect from from Nashville tomorrow, how they're a very organized team, uh, but also like to get around the back and and mm-hmm. tend to score from wide areas. So just just sort of a general sort of overview of things so far and and you know, what they have to do going forward. Okay. Hmm. And did he get, did, was he asked any specific uh, Armist questions? Did he, did he ever no. need to vouch for the no. coach? Okay. Hmm. No. Because my fault, fo- my follow-up question is this. Um, and I, I, I'm glad that you're the guest for this because it was, you know, KJ and I discussed this uh, when we had him on the show. And mm-hmm. I, and the more that, that the more gray matter I devote to it, you know, Chris Armist and Greg Vanny are very different people. Uh, you know, Greg Vanny is has got a, an ease and a, and a demeanor in front of the camera that Armist doesn't have. Now, that's not like I'm not willing to to put Armist over the coals because he's got a different personality than Greg Vanny. Right? One of Greg's strengths was how articulate he was. It's almost like a double negative because we've never met Chris. Right? Our entire interaction with this man. Is via Zoom is via Zoom interviews, right? So you know, I'm not sure what the question is here, beyond just let's you know, like compare you know, and contrast. Well, like, are we being fair to Chris Armas? 
you know, and can we be fair to Chris Armas, right? Like, obviously, the team's not performing, and so it's going to it's going to put into sharp relief, you know, his fit, his 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 inadequacies in terms of communication, and it will be exacerbated by the Zoom situation, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, is it is it our job to now preach this from the mountaintop so that the pitchfork mob, you know, bears this in mind while they call for his head, or it you know it is all fair in love, war, and soccer, I guess. Well, I think for Armis, there are a couple of things working against him here. And the Zoom thing you mentioned, uh, we have not been able to really personally interact with him. We've not you know, been able to, to, to meet him and sort of see what he's like when the, when the lights are off and the cameras are off. Um, that was something that Greg did very well. Greg was very, you were having a conversation with him as opposed to necessarily a media versus coach scrum. I find Chris comes across as maybe a little bit combative when it comes a to little bit, and, a little and, bit. And, you know, I'm trying to be <laughs> yeah. diplomatic here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's, he, he's not necessarily the easiest one to, to get an answer out of either. You know, the other thing that's working against him is the results. The results haven't been there. Yeah. So exactly. that puts him under a greater microscope right away. Is yeah, this is a team like, yeah. that from 2015 through to, you know, last year, it looked like, you know, with the first round exit to Nashville, who they face tomorrow night, um, they've had tremendous success. And perhaps we were a little bit more willing to overlook some things with Greg. Not that there was a, not that we had to overlook a lot because I thought Mm -hmm. Greg did a tremendous job while he was here. It's very clear that this team seems to have lost its way and lost its identity a little bit uh, now that Mm -hmm. Greg's gone. And and Greg was such a big, um, a, a big part of the identity of this team. And this team doesn't seem to, we talk high press, high press, high press. It's all we talk about with Armas. Yeah. To the point that Michael Bradley said in his last availability, listen, it's not just about the high press. It's about more than that. It's it's about us making mistakes in, at bad times, giveaways in bad areas. You saw that with, with Westberg, uh, you know, on the on the second goal the, the other night. Yep. Uh, it's it's self-inflicted wounds. But this team is is trying to figure out its identity. They haven't gotten the results, and that puts Armis in a position where he's behind the eight ball. So first, he's combative, which already sets a bad sort of tone yep. with people such as myself, and I think the fans obviously see it too. Yep. They watch these they watch these media availabilities, these media zooms, and they go, "This guy is." Not necessarily easy to to uh, to have a conversation with, I guess, is, yeah. is the way to put yeah. it. And then you couple that with the results, and it sets him up in a position where people are coming with a bit of a negative view. And I think I think you know some of that goes back to even his hiring when he was yeah. hired. I think there were a lot of people that looked at him and went, "He's not the right man for the job." Now you couple the result, results in there, and it sort of is the evidence to show. You know, or it, the evidence to sort of back up the theory that he may not have been the right one for the job, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, just to just to play devil's advocate, they 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 haven't played in Toronto for two seasons. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like 
they're they have no center you know like this is a mm. boardroom with with spotty wi-fi right like you know it, it, where the you know the light from floor from the hot florida sun is on my back you know making me sweaty i would be combative right like yeah. it's not an air-conditioned uh, media center at BMO where they control everything, where you know the the variables aren't eliminated. I feel like I need to scream that from the mountaintop, but at the same time, I'm so disappointed, right? Like it's this weird dichotomy to be in <laughs> because I'm angry and I see everything and and it bothers me, but I'm also like I'm like, oh no, Jeff, don't 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 walk, you know, don't go up that hill. You don't want to die on that hill because you you know it, it's a ridiculous hill to die on. But man alive, like. You know, well, let's be specific here. Um, that press conference, right? Like, you know, there are rules to a press conference. Like, if you're going to get asked that Josie question over and over again, and you will, it's not mm -hmm. it's not considered, it's not bad form to just say the same thing over and over again, right? It's a game of chicken. Oh, you're going to ask sure. me about Josie again? Here's my rehearsed line. It's absolute garbage platitudes, but here it is because that's how pressers work. You know, it, like that's just the natural order of things. And, and you know, I don't want to mention the Greg father's name, but he was so good at it that it was like almost it was you didn't even notice when he was gaslighting you. You know what I mean? Or when yeah. he was dragging <laughs> you on. And and and, you know, it's really there, unfair. There were, point, there were points last year, though, where you could see where you saw him break. The, yeah, Mike, where you our, saw our him start to, one. Yeah. to break from that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mike caught him at a disadvantage, and we mm -hmm. saw him. We saw him get combative. There's no. We're not bronzing his his baby shoes like that. Like he he had difficulty, and this is all hindsight is twenty twenty. But to me, I mean, when when you've got all of this working against you to to fold your arms on the third answer and say no, we're not talking about that anymore. I mean that I just I can't abide by that. Just just give us the platitudes again, right? And then walk away, and we're fine. Yeah, like listen to the first point uh, about being away from BMO Field and mm -hmm. not having played at home in over a year. Yes, that's all true. Michael Bradley also told us preseason that wasn't going to be an excuse. Mm -hmm. So if that's their mentality then it can't be used as an excuse. And, the, and to their credit, they really haven't. Um, and, and also you look at, at Montreal and Vancouver, uh, at least Montreal, like Montreal is, I know between fifth and like 10th is, is yeah. you know, separated by a point, but they're right in there for yep. a playoff spot, whereas TFC is laggering down at five points, looking six points up at other teams. They're not out of it by any stretch of the imagination, but they got to start putting some results together in a hurry because, and, and they also need help. Uh, so they're going to have to beat some of those teams. Nashville is one of those teams that's right in that mix. So mm -hmm. tomorrow night's game is only a quarter of the way through the season, but it's a big game uh, yeah, because yeah. if they can get three points from that, they eat closer to that, to that sort of playoff path. And, also hold Nashville off because if Nashville wins that game, Nashville's 14 points, TFC's five, and it starts to look too far down the road. Uh, as to the, the, as to, to Armis's, uh, that whole, that whole news conference that they called last week to address the Josie situation, they didn't really address it. Curtis we really ended in the same place as where we started. Yeah, exactly. I, and I, I sat there for an hour 
Well, I don't feel like I've gotten anything out of this. I've got nothing no. to report. Like, and that's, that's the reality. They told us the situation would be resolved by the end of the break. I personally didn't think that it would be resolved. And I ended up being right because mm-hmm. Josie's contract is very difficult to move. There aren't too many teams that are going to want to take on that contract considering what he's done basically over the last year. And there's so many reasons why. It's nothing against Josie. But if you're going to sit there and take questions and, and call the news conference to talk about Josie, which was it was very clear that was what their plan was, then answer the questions. And, and even if it's just we're looking for the best solution for all parties here, we want what's best for Josie, we want what's best for the club, we would be open to a solution that brings him back, even if that's not the truth. Of course not. Yeah, yeah. Say that. Attitudes. Yeah. And, and, and frankly, Bradley was the only one that said that. Yeah. We didn't get anything else from, from really from Curtis and from Armas. And I don't mean to, I don't mean to be super negative with them, but really I think the fans, when you're talking about a designated or a designated player who is not even permitted into your camp right now because he had a spat with the coach, I think fans want a few more answers. Especially with the Zoom situation. I mean, you can't have it both ways. If we're all going to sit here and outline how little access we have to the club, then my God, don't waste the opportunity to communicate with us. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, it just, it was, from so, it was from space. Like we don't get to see you very often. So yeah. make it count, you know, exactly. like. Uh, I mean, there, there's. I, I agree with you. I don't like to be negative. I, I mean, I'm sure everyone watching this knows that that all of this criticism comes from a place of love. You know, we're not we're not here to burn the team down, uh, but but we are. You know, we are here to ask questions. Unfortunately, sometimes they're not yeah. going to be the ones that that people mm-hmm. would like us to ask. Um, uh, Mitch, you want to you want to? Yeah, I have a question that? before Jeff goes <laughs> on another uh, iron roof. <laughs> Uh, rant there. <laughs> this stuff's amazing. What a drug. <laughs> Until he's fueled up. Um, I guess just in general, like we, we've been talking on this show and a lot of other places have been talking about giving Quentin Westberg a chance. Um, that's not what you wanted to see in his first performance of the season. Certainly. Where does that leave things with the goalkeeper situation? Do you think we see him again in one of the two games this week? Because we know we've seen Bono, be given opportunities to bounce back after some some tough mistakes of his own. Well, person, personally, if I was filling out the team sheet, I would put him on the team sheet again. I think he, mm-hmm. you got to give him some minutes. And I know it was a rough start to the game. It was two goals within the first eight minutes of the game. Well, one, the guy hasn't played a competitive game in something like nine months. And it was back last October or early November that he played. So it's a long time between games for him. And you can train all you want. There's a big difference between training and actually being in the game facing live bullets. Uh, And the the mistake he made that cost them that goal, to me, was a sign of rust. Uh, But the team hung him out to dry. And I think they probably would have been down in that game, regardless of who was between the sticks. Because the the, the first goal was, was... Again, it was one of those self-inflicted wounds. You give it away in a bad spot, and all of a sudden you're in trouble. And, in, you know, five, ten seconds later, the ball's in the back of your net. That's not necessarily on Westbrook. That's just that's just poor play from the ten guys in front of him. 
again, you can you can look at him on the second goal, and I'm I'm sure he'd raise his arm on that. Bono's had to raise his arm a few times this season too. Uh, if you're if it all boils down to the goalkeeper, and they've conceded too many goals this season, that's not just on goalkeeping. So it's not just Bono like, or Westbrook. It's the structure in front of them. It's the way they're playing. They're putting themselves in positions where mistakes are deadly. And that's where it has to stop. The goalkeeper is the last line of defense. It has to be better in front of the goalkeeper. I would give Westberg another look for sure. That's not to say that Bono doesn't deserve more starts as well, but the whole situation with the goalkeeping to start this season where we didn't see Westberg for the two, first two months of the season and we're told that he was late arriving in camp. We don't know why. There were personal reasons. And, and listen, I'm not – personal life is personal life, and they can, they, they can and should keep some things away from fans and the media – I don't know what the situation was. But he was in the bench. Obviously, he was ready to play. I think he deserved a look before you know, week eight of the season or week nine, whatever. it was, eight, The eighth game of the season. I, I think he deserved a look before that. Yep. Hmm. Yep. Well, I mean, my uh, follow-up question was, or do you start him again on Wednesday? And you sort of you sort of <laughs> answered that. I would. I don't know where there are. I would. I yeah. Could, I, I have a feeling Armas probably goes back to home, which is fantastic. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll uh, on the improv. Uh, summer transfer window. What's your target? What position does TFC need to address, and why is it not? Why is it center back? <laughs> why is it center back? Yeah, Marvin yeah. Collins is why it's center back. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he simply hasn't been good enough, and you know Luke Singh has shown moments of brilliance but he's also shown moments where he's i wouldn't say out of his depth but he's young and he'll make young mistakes uh yeah center back is is an issue because they just concede too many goals and and frankly they're a top heavy team right now at, at, at mm. you know they those back so that might help uh and he's you know he, he's looked good uh you hope to get Soteldo back within the next couple of weeks and hope that he can stay fit um, I, I, I think TFC fans, when they learned of Soteldo's injury, probably were looking at themselves and going, not again, not another, <laughs> not another, you know, glass doll kind of guy that can't stay fit because you've had that with Josie. Uh, you've had that with a number of other players this season. We've, we've talked about the results so far this season. Injuries do play a factor into that because you, you, you know, Osorio, I think we, we see, the game in Orlando, I thought they, they looked really good in large portions of that game, and a lot of that has to do with, with Jonathan Osorio. So when he's oh, not available, um, it, it really it really hampers what they can do, particularly going forward. Yeah, I, I wish I had the stat here, but it's a couple episodes old. Uh, Mitch, correct me if I'm wrong, but Soteldo missed like three games in his entire career to injury, like less than three games before he hit <laughs> TFC. Something ridiculous like that. And then he plays two games for TFC, not even starting, and he's and he's out for the you know the duration of the season. Uh, you know, I, I, listen, center back and an entirely new medical staff, and maybe we're a okay. But, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, it has uh, been a recurring theme, hasn't it? Over the it last has, several years, it's been a recurring theme. 
And once again, once again, uh, this 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 is another great point. We didn't get, we haven't gotten, we have not been able to see them train under Armas. And you guys standing on the sidelines there with your expertise and your soccer IQ, you would answer, you would be able to answer a whole lot of speculation by by virtue of just being there for about thirty minutes. You know, like we could maybe put put the question of why are they always getting injured in training to bed. Uh, we would probably not have to parrot out that tired old Michael Bradley. It was a 25 out of 10 that he said, like in passing one day that we're now, we've now stamped into the, into the training room as gospel. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mitch, I don't want to, I don't want to jump on your question. To, to be fair, sure before like, we move yeah. on from that, to, yeah. to be fair, before we move on from that point, even in the before times before COVID, mm-hmm. um, we would get, 15 minutes at the start of the training for cameras okay. to shoot b-roll for us to see who was in and who was out of training and that was where you would learn a lot of things because you would go okay this guy's not out there this guy's not out there this guy's back this guy's not out there but he played the last game so what's going on with him so that's where you start to ask questions right now we're just asking questions sort of blindly, well, who's available, who's not, you know, what's this guy wasn't available for the last game, what's his injury status, which Armas doesn't like those questions. He's yeah, made that yeah. very clear. He's been more open with it recently, but frankly, from the start, he, he made it very clear that he didn't want to tip his hand as to who might be available and who might not, which I can understand. Absolutely. You don't want to tell yeah. you don't want to tell the other coach uh, this guy won't be playing, so you don't have to game plan for him. Right. But the reality is, professional sports now, the injury reports come out before the game, and it does in MLS too. And that's sometimes where we go, oh, well, this guy, we didn't know that, you know, the Soteldo situation, we didn't yeah, know that yeah, he yeah. wasn't going to play. And then you, you spot it on the injury report, and you go, what's going on? And then people start to think, not necessarily that the club's hiding something, but why, why, why was it cloak yeah. and dagger with this? Why are exactly. we discovering this the night before the game? Yeah. Um, so we would. That's how we would get intel. We would not actually be able to watch them train. We would be able to watch okay. them warm up, but they would not. Yeah. Uh, they never you know, did watch for, those first fifteen they, minutes. Yeah, really, they, so they, much they weren't doing first... rondells and all that fun content that we get. Yeah. On, uh... oh, okay. Like karaoke's and you know. Fun little games. Ah, there was a lot of laughing. See, I was around, under the impression nothing. that it was like a dog and pony show for those 15, 20 minutes, and you got to see them no, walk no. out, and you could, no. you know, take take their calipers and measure hamstrings and, and no. mass index. No. no, well, thanks for ruining everything, Mike. That's another thing. <laughs> but they didn't want to, they didn't want anyone taking pictures or video, right? Posting it online and okay. having that tactical intel get into the hands of of the the opposition. If they're doing rondells. I mean, you like they. So, what is the B roll that they shoot at the beginning? Just like, just like candid shots of people in golf carts and, and stuff like that. It, no, it's, it's just it's warm up. It's just warming okay. up. A lot of stretching because that's not the most exciting B roll ever. <laughs> no, no, it's not. But you know, you might get yeah. the odd guy. You get a couple of guys kicking the ball around back and forth. You sometimes do see who's training with the group and who is training separately. Uh, so we would see that. We would see that. We would see Josie and Osorio just hypothetical, yeah. um, okay, training gotcha. separately gotcha. on their own. And that sort of might be an indicator that they weren't in full training with the entire group. 
Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Let's let's finish on off of this, Michael. Big week for for Toronto FC. Obviously, Nashville tomorrow night, and then Cincy on Saturday. What do they need from this? I know in that press conference, Omar Gonzalez called this game against Nashville almost like a cup final because of how big it is for Toronto FC in terms of picking up three points. That's never what you want to hear nine games into a season. Um, what uh, mm-hmm. what do they need from these two games? Minimum four points. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need they need at least a draw out of Nashville. They can't allow Nashville to get further ahead of them. A win would obviously be preferable. You have to beat Cincinnati. That, 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 that there's there's no two ways about that. You have to beat Cincinnati. Uh, but yeah, they they got to get at least a draw out of Nashville. Um, because if they lose to Nashville, then as I said before, they move that much farther up the road, and all of a sudden that playoff pack, depending on other results, obviously, that playoff pack starts to move further and further and further away from you, and then all of a sudden what is a bit of a hill to climb to get to a playoff place becomes a mountain and it starts and and frankly you can start to see it maybe a little bit so far is that the poor results are snowballing a little bit on them yep you can't you can't have that you you've got to you got to get some results out of these two games because after after these two games you're at 10 games you're almost a third of the way through the season uh if you get too far behind there's no way back yeah, and you yeah, don't control your destiny anymore. Like you're waiting right. for other teams to drop yeah. results, and that's exactly. the way to. The they're way already to in that position. I mean, it's yeah, early, I know, I know. I they're already in that, that position yeah. where they need help. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Twenty eighteen. That. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Twenty. <laughs> it kind of has that feeling, doesn't it? Yeah. Times, yeah. yeah. They'll they'll get there eventually, but eventually they have to actually start putting up results. So, like yeah. you said, yeah. big week ahead for Toronto FC. But thank you so much for, for joining us, Michael. It's been great. Always good to see hey, you. Hey, thanks, thanks for having me, guys. Anytime. Anytime. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Talk soon, man. Yeah. Well, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I uh, love having Michael on. He's always uh, mm. always willing to share his opinions. And we got some great stuff from him there. And we got yeah, to disprove. Yeah. I don't know what you thought they were doing in the first 15 minutes of training that they let cameras Magic. see. But, yeah, Magic. They, I thought it, I thought it was like a, like, a, like a review where they just brought everybody out. And, I don't no, know. No, the best whatever. you're getting is a crossbar challenge, maybe. And that's that's lucky. Um, what is a crossbar challenge? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sounds fun. No, I have no idea. What is oh, okay. you hang off the crossbar? You do pull ups or no? That would that would be incredible though. I know. It's just trying to hit the crossbar with the ball. Oh, yeah. okay. That seems mm-hmm. like a good use of everybody's training time. Oh, Josie's <laughs> great at it. Games. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> um, Speaking of Josmer, I didn't get to ask Mike this, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll ask you: Are we ever going to see him in a TFC kit again? No, I don't think so. I think uh, I think if a resolution had happened, it would have happened by now. Um, Mike Mike is actually shaking his head for for our benefit. He's like, uh-uh. <laughs> um, he's doing it again. <laughs> do, do you think Do you think this gets resolved uh, in the season, or do you think Josie is just training by himself for the rest of this uh, for the rest of this campaign? I can't like again. If if you're Josie Altador, you're not going to let. Uh, like you said, you're not going to let them off the hook in terms of your salary or whatever. But I mean, you have to think a guy is competitive and, and a guy who still has a lot of ability like Josie Altador has got to be pushing for, for some sort of move to prove himself. This is a world cup year. Let's not forget. 
uh, in terms of qualifying. You've got a gold cup this summer. If you're Josie Alcador, you you just want to play so you can prove yourself and and so you can prove, quite frankly, Toronto FC wrong as well. So, well, that that's I, the I that's the pissing contest right now, right? Like, yeah, they're saying, well, you know, if you you can leave, you can check out anytime you want, buddy. But we're you know we're going to yeah. give you the the early the early checkout discount on on mm-hmm. accounts receivable. And he's yeah. saying, no, I, I want I want my, my money. Um, mm-hmm. I saw an interesting tweet, which was, you know, this guy is a club legend. TFC should just buy him out. I've always been of the of the mind that in a pandemic year, when you're hemorrhaging money from all your state from all your other revenue streams, doing that is a PR disaster. But we're in a PR disaster, right? <laughs> so I'm not quite sure what the solution is. I mean, MLSE can afford to buy him out. Yeah, but the, the the fact that you'd save no salary cap is is the main issue there. Like, but you save that would... face, but you save yes. face, and you got that's got to be worth uh, something. I mean, in, it's in worth some calculus, right? Because this chasing this playing chicken with a club legend in order to get him out the door, so you don't have mm-hmm. to pay him what you owe him, is a terrible look, mm-hmm. right? I think we can agree about on that, and. You know, there was a suggestion that I don't agree with at all, which was just play Josie and let the fans see how disinterested and non-committal he is, and then that you know they'll they'll all switch sides. There's truth in that. I think it's horrific, but there's truth in that. Um, you know, what do you what do you think the conclusion is, right? Like, because somebody's going to end up having to be the bigger person, and yeah. why is it going to be Josie, right? Like, he signed a contract. We knew it was a bad deal, but. We owe him money. I mean, mm-hmm. that's. The, I, I think the, it ends up being a loan deal to to someone. Um, be that over in Europe, I doubt it would be in MLS. But um, so the kind of deal that they were not actively looking at for phase one of shopping him because it wasn't right. giving them the advantages yeah, that they or want. Or Toronto recruit yeah. eats most of the salary. Like it's almost like a buyout, but there's yeah. no cap, uh, you know, issues. Right, so I right. Think that's, I think that's what we're looking at at this point is the most sensible solution for both Josie Altidore's side and Toronto FC in the sense that they'd be able to bring in another designated player. Again, they'd be able to do that at the prorated salary, so it'd be cheaper for them anyway from a cap standpoint. Sure, and sure. Yeah, that, then then a little bit they could save some goodwill on this if they can bring in someone to replace Josie Altidore. That, that I mean, I, Ivan's got a point. Like... I mean, I think the situation with Josie. Well, let me read it out for the for those at home. Uh, does this situation with Josie play a decision in future DPs wanting to come here? Does it affect recruitment? I mean, does Soteldo coming uh, wearing the ten and then immediately getting injured and having like one of the worst debuts since Agar Akeche affect player recruitment? Like, does Pozuelo being uh, encouraged to like carry the team on his back affect recruitment? I don't think. I don't think TFC should be looking for the for the top line European players <laughs> anytime soon until we until we you know weather weather this storm right I I don't know Mitch what do you think what do you think is more damaging I, uh, overall I don't I don't know if it's the biggest damage thing because like for every Josie you've got I don't know Sebastian Javinko didn't end well but he had an incredible time here and, yeah, and yeah, was yeah. able to to reinvent himself you've got the perfect example which is Michael Bradley who's still your captain still an important part of this club. I know he wasn't a designated player, but he literally mm-hmm. forewent his designated player contract because he wanted to keep building something here. And even like most of the time with Josie, like for, for the past couple of years, it's been really good. So I think 
I, I think as much as it's not the greatest at the ending, like, I mean, soccer players understand that in general. Like, there's there's always yeah. going to be some kind of exodus. And I know we, I do feel like, especially here in North America, we kind of have a more of a different You're absolutely look on right. That we, because... we, we, we expect our players to stay here forever, and that's just not right. how it works in, in football, soccer. Mm-hmm. But, but, um, I lost. I kind of lost my train of thought. Listen, <laughs> listen. Okay. I, I, this is you know. We now have two examples, right? We thought mm-hmm. every tan player would be Victor Vasquez, and we're, that's yeah. you know he's it's it's not ever happening. He was a DP in tan clothing, and yeah. we think every one of our of our superstars is going to pull a Michael Bradley, and they're not, mm-hmm. right? Yep. They're both outliers. So mm-hmm. we have we have these gold standards that are that are almost, you know so far of an exception to the rule as to be mutually exclusive from the expectation. So, you know, it puts us in a, in a, in a unique position, but you know, it really is. Mitch, Mitch, you're a player. All right. Mm -hmm. You have a finite career Mm -hmm. and TF. I mean, TFC, the reason we get these guys, the reasons we got Sebo, the reasons we got Bradley, the reason we got, so tell though the reasons uh, you know we got uh, maybe not Victor, but is that we were willing to overpay a little bit, right? Sure, that's part so. Of it, I so I think that that trumps any bad juju, you mm-hmm. know, with the club and team. But be aware, we're hiring assassins. We're not hiring the Bradleys of the world to to you know come in and and be a part of the the, the wonderful mosaic that is Toronto and TFC, right? And. I don't think we need a Bradley anymore. I think we got our Bradley right now. Mm-hmm. I think we could be fine with hiring assassins. Why not? As long as, as if the goal is winning and we're spending the money right, why not? You know? Yeah. Like, I, don't I, think don't, the, I don't think it's the worst thing to bring in players like Soteldo who like probably do want to leave in a couple of years. Like I think do then you think you've Pozuelo's got... going to re-up with us? I don't. I never did. I thought it was a one and done contract and then he moves on to his next big paycheck, right? And that's not a knock yeah, on cool. Pozuelo. But, you know, he's not Michael Bradley. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I think Josie is a lot closer to Michael Bradley than Pozuelo. And that's why I get really upset. Like, he, you know, does this sour Josie as, as Mr. Toronto, right? Like, is this, a, is, this a, uh, is this a lot closer to a Vince Carter situation where it's mm, going to take no. about 10 years for everyone to to you know get over themselves and then finally finally we can start talking about each other yeah well i'd also say like michael bradley's not just unique like from a toronto c perspective he's He's unique unique in the football yeah yeah like what's the shelf life on a designated player like it's got to be pretty short like even for the best like you've got like ladero yeah seattle there's just a handful of examples who have been like Mm -hmm. that successful right so toronto c's has some really good ones and i think part of that is they've again brought in really good players but also it's it's a great place to live there's great fans like there's all sorts of different aspects that make people want to stay in Toronto FC like we know Sebastian Javinka wanted to stay it wasn't yeah uh, it wasn't like that was an an ugly exit from that standpoint um so I I I don't think at at, to, to wrap this up kind of I don't think this is going to hurt their recruitment as much as as it might seem because you yeah, know, I, I mean, think, it, yeah. listen, it's not great. It's not great. It's not mm-hmm. going to help their recruitment. No, but is it is it really going to trump a page a guaranteed paycheck at a competitive no. team? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. But it does it does change the class. Listen, once we won our first championship, 
we stopped being a project and started being something like a sustained, like the, the whole thing changed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a player like Michael Bradley that wanted to step in and become the soul of a team, we don't need that anymore. We've got him, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, as long as we're okay with the fact that we're now hiring, for the most part, assassins, which I which I think is fine. Uh, we should be good, but it's it runs so counter to the North American ideology, which is you know, like let's land Tavares and he's going to retire here and he's going you know it'll be a maple leaf forever that that kind yeah. of stuff. So I, I don't so, think yeah. we're going to get any players coming in who have been pictured wearing Toronto FC pajamas. I don't think that's uh, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. At least not a not in a designated player role. Well, yeah, um, I mean we got to we got to win as many as many uh, as uh, as Seattle before we we're, we're even. Uh, right. in that conversation right. yeah, yeah 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 let's Perfect. finish up this week i think on a on a more positive note let's talk a bit of canada because um you know obviously off to the octagonal for the first time since the 1998 world cup qualifying cycle mm-hmm. uh, beat haiti four nil on aggregate a game that everyone was super worried about but canada dealt with very very well i thought now the real tests await, let's be honest. Uh, yep. Joined by Panama, Honduras, Jamaica, United States, Mexico, El Salvador, and Costa Rica in the octagonal round. And, you know, as much as they were able to get that result away in Haiti, again, that's, that's what it's going to come down to. That's the opportunity you have yourself now to prove finally that you are a Canadian team willing or willing and capable to, to put in the work to, to win away in CONCACAF, which is ultimately what's going to make the difference for this team now and, and down the years. But yeah, I, I think we go into this optimistic because this team's given us no real reason to think otherwise. And and so many little details that I love. I mean, we already talked about this, but the fact that Fonzie's willing to be a target for, for hacks and slashes and studs out tackles mm-hmm. is not, I'm not going to say unexpected because, you know, he's so amazing, but wow, I love that so much. You know, if this if this team's willing to take turns being the target that gets triple marked were amazing. And I, I also love that it's become uh, a committee, victory by committee. You know, obviously mm-hmm. Fonzie's the, the the first name on the on the list, but, you know, very close behind is J-Dave, and then you've got Laren, and, and, and they're, 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 you know, it's a, it's a very team mentality, a, a team-first mentality, which I really, really, really like. And I also, I also think uh, we, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that the soccer gods seem to be on our side. Yeah, and, you know, we're getting we're getting advantages competitively left, right, and center, and and this mm-hmm. is fantastic. It's almost like when TFC had the first spot in the allocation order just because for like six years, and we just yeah. kept selling it, and then it would get given back to us, and then we would just sell it. <laughs> we had all this gam for absolutely no reason. Um, mm-hmm. If no one if no one here knows what I'm talking about, uh, Mexico has been sanctioned by the, is it FIFA? Or uh, CONCACAF? I, or, I think it's FIFA. So, yeah. Pure FIFA. Yeah. CONCACAF did Rightly nothing. so, yes. Uh, and they're not going to have fans for, uh, what was it, the first three home games as a consequence mm-hmm. of just uh, refusing to, to get rid of that insanely stupid uh homophobic chant Mm -hmm. you know they're pretty proud of that chant for whatever stupid reason they 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 consider it a a a a mark of their own you know for better or worse but Mm -hmm. i don't think this will be the last sanctions they receive so we may be able Mm -hmm. to ride this uh this staunch refusal to not give up that chant right into world cup so you know long 
long any advantage at this point uh, yeah and that yeah. would certainly be one of the tougher at least in terms of opponents away dates obviously i think we all have san pedro sula circled as the game that will be the real test for this national yeah. team just because of history and also just the the incredibly wild atmosphere at that stadium no one does it quite like that but that is a good point canada's had all kinds of all kinds of breaks for them even in terms of not playing in front of fans obviously it doesn't help that they haven't been playing in front of canadian fans either but um it's been reasonably comfortable for them so far but again i think i think you touched on that as well the the commitment that we've seen from this group has been something that we haven't seen in you know my entire time watching the national team where like alfonso and and jonathan david are willing to fly out for games against teams like bermuda and everything and that yeah that goes to them, but that's also a credit to to the coach and and to John Herdman for really being really bringing these guys into a vision and, and showing them, okay, here's why you have to play for, in these games so that you can get to the games that you know you actually want to play in and these games that will actually help your career and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So, um, yeah, that that's what these first two rounds were about, and he was able to get that commitment. They were able to get the performance, and now they're getting their reward, which is again a number of great tests, and and that's exactly what we want to see from from a national team. Absolutely, absolutely. I no complaints. I mean, if anything, uh, uh, we're we're overthinking the the octo. I, I wanted to call it the ocho, and I I refuse. So, uh, uh, I I think we're overthinking it. Um, which is a good thing. I think maybe we overthought the Suriname and Haiti games uh, because of the quality on display on this at this team. Mm-hmm. But I would rather us be really scared than uh, you know waltz in full of swagger. I think the time for full of swagger is coming, coming quick when we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna walk around with with it with a, with, a, with our heads held high. Uh, but not yet. Not yet. Let's let's uh, let's get some more pelts first. Let's get uh, let's get a U.S. skull and a Mexico skull and and go to San Pedro Sula and erase that history, and then we can start walking around with the, with the <laughs> swagger that this team deserves. Yeah, yeah, and they will. They do have the Gold Cup coming up next month as well, which will right, be very right, interesting right, right. in terms of who they pick for that, what they what John Herdman decides to do in terms of building up this continued momentum for the national team. Maybe if he wants to take a look at a couple of those other guys who are on the periphery. Maybe see if you can get uh, Daniel Jebison or Marcelo Flores to pull on a Canadian shirt. Wouldn't mind that either. Um, uh-huh. Or Io Akinola, not to not to mention him as well. Of course, he was on the Canadian provisional roster, not on the United States provisional roster. We've seen Canada Soccer tweet out a bunch about Io Akinola all of a sudden too. So mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're not we're not going to finalize that yet, but it does seem close. But there there's going to be a lot of Canadian soccer coming up over the next couple of years, and that that alone i'm just so excited for like these are big games these games matter they're against good opponents this mm-hmm. is everything we've been waiting for since canada started getting good exactly exactly so exciting i mean i, I don't know how much more to say about that like these games are coming and they're going to be fantastic yeah absolutely and games coming up for toronto fc as well as we mentioned they've got nashville on wednesday it's gonna be a tough test nashville Pretty decent defensively, not so great offensively, and then since on Saturday is not good at either. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully a week for Toronto so you can finally start to to pick up some serious points and and get things back together. But that's it for us this week. Thanks again mm-hmm. to Michael Leach of Six Eighty News for joining the show, uh, to Kevin, Sophia, and Edwin for all the work they do in the background over at Homestand Sports. 
And of course, thanks to all of you for interacting and commenting. Uh, the comment sections were great today, as always. Yeah, so yeah. looking forward, uh, I think, to a busy week for Toronto FC. We'll see if we're <laughs> looking forward to it uh, yeah, once yeah. the games come. But uh, yeah. In, go Scotland. That, it's in uh, 40 Tuesday. minutes. So yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. go. Let's go Scotland. Maybe England can win too. We'll see. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers.